Getting back to entrepreneurs, if we want to put a twist on that, entrepreneurs are there to create. And so in a sense, whatever drives that creation, uh, do it because that's how we created countries. That's how we created companies. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Product innovations. Well, everything, every advancement in humanity. Yep. Stand by. All right. This is Going Boldly, the podcast. Here's your host, Russ the Big Guy. Hi, it is Russ the Big Guy. I'm a lifelong entrepreneur who is very familiar with the struggles and successes related to running a business. I know it is definitely worth the struggle. The freedom and unlimited potential keep me moving forward, fueled by my why. Aligned with that is my desire to share with you, the entrepreneur and aspiring business owner, entertainment, information, inspiration, and even transformation into an even more amazing entrepreneur and human. To those ends, please enjoy this episode of Going Boldly. And welcome, listeners. It is Russ. And uh, um, I don't know if you if I'd mentioned in the, one of the last episodes, but uh, we had a little bit of a leakage in the <laughs> in our penthouse podcast studios. So I have uh, I have relocated temporarily to my home office. Uh, so far, so good. I'm trying to do some podcasting in here and uh, videos as well. Um, for those of you who are maybe new to video, I haven't done that much of it, um, to at least in this space. Boy, I tell you, it's tough getting the lighting just right. <laughs> I have a huge green screen. I have lots of great graphics to throw up there, but uh, gosh, I'm just f- constantly fighting the cameras, uh, adjusting the light. And so today, there's no video. So I'm taking a a reprieve from my frustration of trying to get that right. We have a great guest today, Don Schmenka. Don's a researcher, an author, a speaker, and more. He's going to regale us with uh, stories and tales of his global adventures. Uh, Welcome to the podcast, Don. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, Our listeners are small business owners, uh, uh, entrepreneurs, or aspiring business owners. So we want to give them, uh, you know, we want to give them some uh, good stuff to, to grow on. Uh, to grow with, to grow from. Some of them have businesses already. They are those CEOs that probably you're used to working with. They have big teams. So we have a big variety of listeners. Before we get to the point where we drop some uh, gold nuggets for them, why don't you give us an idea of who you are and and why? I'm always very interested uh, to find this out. Uh, I was a planetary physicist at MIT, and I ended up um, getting involved in this work because even though I was, I had done some stuff with um, medical research and and nuclear missile guidance systems and AI, and I was involved in a lot of different things. Wow. Yeah. I have ADHD, which kind of explains why I can take five sciences and put them together pretty quickly. Understood. (laughs) And I went to uh, Hopkins, did my graduate work there, started teaching there. Uh, Dr. Kathy Trower, who ended up running the program at uh, Harvard was, uh, there. And I, you know, I said, I said, I think you're, I think we're just not teaching the stuff that they, they really need and want in terms of CEOs, you know, when they're looking at MBAs. So she had me design a program and start teaching it. I ended up teaching there for years, which was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. And, um, it was then that I met, uh, um, a lot of, uh, executives that were in, the uh, the advanced uh, you know MBA programs and executive programs, and um, a lot of them were entrepreneurs, and they started complaining about management theory failure rates. So I started studying that, and uncovered a shocking <laughs> amount of information. So 
Um, that led them to ask me, could I do some research to see how biological this was? Because it had, I, I had written a book at the time, Oxford University gave me the copyright permission for an ancient manuscript that was written 700 years ago for samurai development. And uh, so I took this management samurai training <laughs> program and re-released it. And then it took off. It took Wait, on language. Now, is this, is this, is this the samurai program? Is this something we've heard of? Um, yeah. I mean, it's still selling. And the, the code of the executive is okay. one of my books. And that came out back in the 90s. And that's that's an ancient manuscript. And so I so essentially I got pulled into this. I didn't really mean to be training you know 700 ceos a year and and doing um you know finding these models and these discoveries that that are ended up being incredible for growing sales and organizational performance but i just i i don't know kept getting pulled in so now i'll, I'll uh well before you before you go on you, before you go on i just want to touch on that and because these are some important things that uh that I'd like to point out for our listeners. It, it was accidental, I guess you could say, or divine intervention or how, however you want to describe it. But what was, what was the pull? You said you kept getting pulled into it, but you know, somebody can suggest that you do something and uh, you might try it and it might not click with you. You know, my, it might not be uh, uh, aligned with you in some way. So what, what was there about you that made it so compelling? Uh, well, I'm a, I'm a chronic learner and teacher. So I'm uh, afflicted <laughs> with that illness. And so when somebody comes up with something that is unknown or a problem that hasn't been yet yeah. uh, discovered and, uh, you know, with, with uh, a heavy background in engineering and science, for me, it's kind of like, wow, this is cool. Let's go find out. And so it was that uh, challenge from entrepreneurs and, and executives for trying to figure out the answers to some of these uh these problems that took me into the you know far reaches of africa and the himalayas and southeast asia to understand to observe other cultures and tribes and and human development and that's where a lot of this came from so when i came back and started applying this um, the you know companies were doubling or tripling their sales sometimes 10 times their sales in just a couple of years and um, that's when I was like, "Oh, is this important?" And they're like, "Yeah, this is important." <laughs> I guess it would. I guess it would. So be. that's what happened. So the so curiosity, yeah. So you're you're fueled by this curiosity, which I which I find yeah. very very interesting. I think that's a common trait with entrepreneurs, and and certainly mm -hmm. uh, at the time, I guess I I don't know. Would, would you have considered yourself an entrepreneur? Um, maybe, no, yeah. no, I, I didn't. I didn't really know anything about business when I left the labs and, and all that, I was just looking at it as another planet to discover. And I didn't really yeah. know that much, but after so many years of, you know, being on boards and digging through and helping them with their issues, uh, I, yeah, I, I became an expert at it, but it took a while. It was, it was never destined for me. Uh -huh. Oh yeah. And, I, and I, I still am learning. I'm still, I still have projects uh, going on for what's next. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of cool. So I'm, I'm really enjoying myself. I'm surrounded by really great people, and um, we spend, you know, weekly. I, I spend time with um, some really notable people that have done well, and and yeah. and just uh, finding out some of the most unique advantages in leadership and entrepreneurial development 
Um, you know, like Cy Wakeman, she starts off uh, running a, a hospital department and, and social work. She ends up discovering these amazing things. She publishes like reality-based leadership. And so Cy and I get together, you know, every couple of weeks and uh, share ideas and we'll do some projects together. So she, I'm like, she was on the bestseller list for, God, I don't know she, how long, but she, uh, I think she's still there, but uh, it's people like that. You know, George Stalk, who started the Lean Revolution 20 years ago and competing against time, his new Harvard Business Review article on uh, how to avoid disruption or, or even cause it. Um, yeah, I'll meet with him every every week or two and we'll share ideas and looking at projects. I'm really blessed to be surrounded by terrific people and I'm learning from every one of them and hopefully I'm helping them as well. Um, and so who can complain, you know, who can complain with that? Yeah, that's wonderful. I, I think that sometimes, um, particularly if you're younger, you think, well, I need to uh, get this degree or I need to, uh, get this training and then, you know, it's smooth sailing from there. It's interesting because I, I consider myself a, a lifelong learner and I'm curious as well. I, I'm continually learning things. Would you agree that it's sort of like the more you learn, the, the more you realize how, how ignorant you are? Well, I shouldn't say you one, let's say one. <laughs> I didn't mean, I didn't mean to point it right at you. I just meant one. No, <laughs> my new, uh, my new life philosophy is um, so many more mistakes to make and so little time left. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. because it, you know, it's where I learn the most and is and making mistakes and learning. And I know I love that. Who, who was a quote? The quote somewhere is I never, I never lose. I always learn. And I think that's, that makes great entrepreneurship. Yes, definitely. Yeah. I, I call them opportunities to excel. I'm not sure if I stole that from somebody, but it stuck with me. And as soon as I get over my natural human emotional reaction of, you know, going through the stages of grief, <laughs> deny it, uh, try to bargain with it, uh, get mad at it. And then it's like, okay, well, let's figure it out. Everything's figure outable. Um, right. uh, when we were talking earlier, something you had mentioned was how noisy it is out there. And uh, I'm actually living in the greater Binghamton area, uh, Endicott, uh, New York. It was the home of IBM here. And of course, they crashed and burned, I don't know, 30 years ago, I guess. I guess they've recovered since, but um, it was horrible. It was devastating for the people here. One of the things that happened was everybody who lost their job suddenly became a handyman or you know started a, a business doing some something trying to trying to supplement their retirement or whatever pay the bills when there was no more money coming in and so we were inundated with all these people who supposedly were contractors and and such and and it seems like right now or in the recent time we're sort of inundated with um you know, everybody's an expert on, on how to be an entrepreneur and, and what you can do to make your business more successful. And I really appreciate that you have, you have some uh, opinions based on science, <laughs> which I'd like to hear. I'd like to hear a little bit more about because, um, well, let me just ask you this. Do you think there's a magic bullet for, for entrepreneurs and business owners and, and professionals? Is there a magic bullet that's going to make everything okay? <laughs> make everything okay. That's uh no, I haven't found that one yet, but okay. I think uh, there's a magic bullet for uh, the journey, uh, and and it's 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 very politically incorrect, and it's very. Um, <laughs> it came out recently on a book that I'm doing on entrepreneurship. All right, and uh, I haven't published it yet. I, I 
I just got tied up with other projects, but it's it, it's written, and I may just you know get that get that thing launched because I I do get this question a lot. Oh. But one of the um, you know what I did with entrepreneurs, and I and I might even try to do like a cohort coaching class or something. Just put together like ten on a Zoom with me to coach for five weeks because yeah. there's so much there, and a lot of it is the stuff that I I train even you know Fortune company CEOs with a lot of the mythologies around around strategy, around structure, around you know marketing and things like that. So I'm I'm pulling that into this entrepreneur phase. But the area that's really controversial is I as I started um, looking um, biologically because a lot of my work is defensible from a biological medical position. Um, is uh, which CEOs love, by the way, because they're so tired of theory of the amount. They love it when I can go back 5,000 years and say, here's why this is working. I mean, now I give a lot of courses out there. That's why I wanted to put something out there to say, hey, look, what, what's being taught may not be what we're seeing in the data. Right. And, um, you know, we've got dozens of you know colleges, universities, private institutions. I mean, everybody's, everybody's got an entrepreneur class or, or a major. Yeah. And so well, I'm just going to learn how to do entrepreneurship. And what I found out when I talked to entrepreneurs and I've, my God, I've coached you know, thousands um, is that they seem to have something that can't be taught. So this could be a big threat <laughs> to entrepreneurship. All right. Wait a minute. Say, say that again now. That entrepreneurs possess something that can't be taught. Hmm. That doesn't mean you can't learn some skills and you can't, uh, get better at what you're doing, but entrepreneurs seem to have, for instance, and a lot of this is biological, a high capacity to take risk. All right. So that's not everybody. Let me just clarify. So is your position that entrepreneurs do possess something that can't be taught? Yes. Ah, I, I agree. I agree with you. But I don't have any data to back it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was fascinating because I'm just a scientist. I'm I'm looking at data. I'm not here to make any judgments. I yeah. don't have any point of view. I'm trying to yeah. impress people with. I'm just looking at stuff. And um, after working with so many entrepreneurs, uh, there are there were several dimensions that were fascinating to me. Right. Well, I mean, you can't take a course and have say, okay, you're afraid to take extreme risks where you could lose your house and your family. I'm going to teach you how to do that. Really? You're going to teach me how to, I don't think so. I mean, you either have that edge or you don't, you know, and, um, and entrepreneurs, uh, you know, they're willing to risk failure and to them, it's natural to, to, to them. It's something that, um, it's, it's part of the journey. And in in a sense, it is entrepreneurs seem to possess this capacity for handling risk. It's, it's somewhat at the core of, of, of an entrepreneur's being, I think it, 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 it an it entrepreneur is. couldn't, couldn't live another way. Yes. They would die. I mean, I say this all the time. I would, I would die a little bit every day. Like if I had a, if I had to work in a cubicle for somebody else, I mean, for some reason, God forbid that ha- that happened to me, I literally would die a little every day. I mean, That's I've right. been there before. I've, I've been in the position. <laughs> I worked at Kodak for the summer when I was in college in the dark room. I laid on the uh, conveyor belt and cried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally. It's... So I thought, God, please don't let me stay here. Wonderful, for, <laughs> wonderful for a lot of people, not for me. Right, right. It's And that's that's the thing. And so there's no course or workshop you could have taken 
to make it better. Right. I mean, it's just, right. it was just how you were being. So, so I started exploring this and um, it was interesting. I was, I was uh, for this book, actually, this entrepreneur book, I was uh, researching um, a guy named Will and uh, he uh, started a thing with uh, Paul Allen with a Microsoft founder for an Amazon project. And it was supposed to be able to put music behind the books on a Kindle so that you could, the music would change as the reader was going along. No brainer, you know, this is going to work. Didn't work. Yeah. Total failure, lost millions. But he found out that students were saying when they let the music play, they were getting more productive. So he started this website, uh, Focus at Will. <laughs> so you can go to focusatwill.com and they're doing some amazing work. And so it spun out of that. And that's what entrepreneurs do. You know, they make a mistake, they fail, they, they find something, they learn something and they go again. But it was during that time when I found out that I, like I was diagnosed with ADHD and he said, oh, we have music for that too. And one thing led to another. And the whole point is that entrepreneurs, and I actually talked to a uh, a guy who had clinics across the country, a medical doctor who actually treats this. He says, most of our clients are entrepreneurs. And then it became clear that another element of entrepreneurship is it's helpful if you have ADD or ADHD, because your brain can move 700 miles an hour versus the normal safe speed limit of you know 60 miles an hour. Yeah. And because it can move that fast, you can connect dots. You can take risks because you're you're, you're moving the dots faster. And uh, now there's downsides, of course, when it comes to like relationships and interacting with people. Sometimes it can be a little bit of a problem. Oh but gosh. from an entrepreneur area, it's really a, like a superpower. You're describing my life. It's a blessing. It's a curse. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 amazing. And and yeah. when you look at the and people that have come out of the closet now, a lot of these actors, a lot of these entrepreneurs that are famous. Uh, you begin to see like, oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. So in the book is like, how do you train it? You can't train somebody to have ADD. It's not trainable. And so either you got it or you don't. But I do think it was part of our species design. People think it's a disorder. I think it's an order. I think it's an actual framework for order because every civilization needs someone to want to migrate somewhere else. Otherwise, we'd still be in Africa, right? We never yeah. would have left. Yeah. And so somebody has to be crazy enough to want to say, we're going to leave this safe place and we're going to go somewhere else and we're going to risk and get people to follow them to do that. There, there was a psychologist that I actually used and um, he came up with an interesting book where he went through and did a psychoanalysis of Christopher Columbus, Ben Franklin. I mean, all these people throughout history that... Yeah. changed our our world yeah he published that this thing called hypomania it really was neat how that how that played out because i i read the book and i thought wow it just supported it just supported the issue it, this may be biological so that's the politically incorrect contribution i have to your audience it's, it's dr john gardner it's called the hypomanic edge the link between a little craziness and a lot of success in america and it was an interesting book, but when, when you read it, you begin to see, and, and he pulls together like an octopus of different types of configurations that contribute to a personality. But, uh, you know, ADD or ADHD is actually one of those things. So that's where, uh, as I'm looking at the data is, can you really train someone to be hypomanic? Can you really train someone to take high risk? 
can you really train someone like that? And I'm thinking, no, you know, and um, that's, it's like, it's, it's, in fact, I have a chapter in the book that says, they say, they say you must be crazy. And it's like, they're correct. <laughs> you are crazy because who else would do this? And um, I mean, think about sitting with uh, Richard Branson, who has life. Okay, well, we're going to do records. Okay. Oh, post office problem. Oh, we're going to have to, we're going to, have to ship stuff. Oh, let's go digital. Oh, you know, I like trains. Can we do a train? You know, let's go into space. You know, but uh, cell phones are cool. Let's do a cell phone. I mean, this is a breakfast conversation. Yeah. You see, this is breakfast. And he's been able to develop a team around him where all these occur, all these creations occur. But, see, you know, it, I think that's, the, that's one of the real skills. If you're looking for the bridge between the creative entrepreneur with amazing ideas who no one ever hears of and uh, ends up dying unfulfilled and the Richard Branson, assuming he's living a great life and it's, uh, it's what he wants it to be, there, that bridge is like getting people to buy into your dream, to your vision. And I think that, and again, I have no, I have, I have no data to back this up. This is just observation and personal experience. Some of the things that make a creative entrepreneur so successful, uh, again, I say it's a blessing and it's a curse, are also some of the things that prevent that entrepreneur from getting beyond a certain point. The interaction with other people, you know, that's that's that the gap. Yeah, yeah. One person can only do so much. Yeah. And that's the, that's been my frustration personally, because I'm so involved in the research and the expeditions and the learning and filming and all that. And then I come back. And so in terms of the content creation, you know, and the methodologies and and, and the, the product creation for uh, teaching and getting this out to the world and having an impact in, in organizations and, uh, and entrepreneurs is one thing, but then you get this whole other segment, which is so draining for me personally, because it's like the whole selling and distribution part, uh, which I have to do anyway, which is fine, but it's not like I'd rather be learning and developing more, more content. Yeah. So having that channel um, is really, really important. Um, so a lot of these, these guys, I mean, like, you know, Elon Musk is another great example. You know, they, they were able to make money doing something. So there was enough cash. You know, and then you, you know, you hire the best and you fire the rest. And those are the people that can execute your, your ideas. So it is a, it's a quandary for entrepreneurs that, you know, until you have that channel that, uh, and I have a great advisory board with me that uh, helps. Uh, and so it's, you know, I'm not complaining. It's just that I am, I, I have too many opportunities <laughs> available, but yeah, until you have that that channel, it's difficult. It's very, it can be very, very frustrating to uh, find that team. And I don't mean a team of entrepreneurs. I mean, a team of operators, right. you know, people that can, you know, first strategically get what you're saying and then execute it. And that's the whole thing. And it's, it's, it's rare in terms of finding the right people, but they're out there. And, um, and thank God they do great work because it's not, you know, I tell my team here, I have a small team. It's like, look, I suck at doing this. I suck at doing that. <laughs> I shouldn't be doing those things. Right. I should be doing these other things. Uh, are those things just uh, more of the operational types of things, or are they specific with marketing and sales? Um, mostly with sales. I mean, marketing, I'm fine with. I, I'm on stage, you know, yeah. constantly, and I'm I'm on podcasts, and I'm in, you know, so I don't mind doing that because it's a form of education. You know what I mean? For me to give a speech is sure. 
that's that's it's perfect for me. I love it, and I'm in my element. Uh, but uh, when when it comes to the sales, is more of an operational thing, you know. So it's more of like, okay, how do we do that? You know, where where's the best prospect funnels? How do they get nurtured? How do they get closed? Yeah. And these products, do we need to modify them for the coaching market? Or can these be taken individually? Let's do some A-B testing. And the people that love that, I mean, they're really good at it. Yeah, and that, like, that's how that works. You know, so, so somebody's like a, you know, they're like a machine and they're, they're cranking through. Um, and so that's, you know, that's really it. But as an author and a speaker, a lot of times I get pulled into delivering everything myself, which is an automatic bandwidth limitation because yeah. you're, you're not going to scale that way. Yes. But I can understand why people want that. Do you find that, or you might find, as you do less of that, that you really miss it? Um, I love standing with a microphone in the middle of a group of people. Yeah, I love the interaction and uh, it allows me to improvise and be creative. One of the downsides, I should say, to the pandemic, and there were many for all of us, was that uh, all of those opportunities ended for me uh, when I had just kind of doubled down on the live in-person end of it. Yeah. So it was kind of frustrating. But So we've kind of agreed that there's no magic bullet for these entrepreneurs. Is that correct? Yeah. Like I said before, uh, unless it's a part of the nature, or part of okay. the biology, we're seeing more and more evidence around that. It's not a magic bullet, but it helps you... Uh, determine, you know, whether or not this is a journey you really want to take. Like and, you, and in risk, risk avoidance or how one deals with risk, you think that's the thing that one might concentrate on to evaluate whether they're really going to be a successful entrepreneur that is, if they're wired yeah, for that? Yeah, that? that's one of the areas. And um, uh, yeah, risk and the ability to um, think at a high frequency level, like ADD or ADHD, where because uh, I'm taking on a coaching uh, coaching a CEO right now called me, and I could tell in the audience when I was doing the workshop uh, that he was his mind was just blowing up and uh, with the data I was sharing, and uh, someone I would be working with with him as well. So, but those are the can, can you think fast? Uh, can you take risks and be comfortable with that? Yes. And, I, and I don't mean like risk, like I'm going to be late for a meeting. I mean, risk, like I could lose my house. Yeah. You know, that's what I'm, you know, that's what I'm talking about. It's interesting. People who don't, ha who aren't wired that way, look at it kind of as gambling. Like you're gambling yeah, that right. way, right? Yeah. It's more, right. but no, because it's, you know, it's based on a lot of information. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I think. And then, and, and then, you know, your, your confidence in your ability to figure it out. And, uh, you know, my friend, Joel Block, who I'll be seeing in, in Orlando at a conference uh, in a couple of days, um, he actually took this gambling thing. And I've got a couple of people that are really, <laughs> that are very successful. And I, and I could tell they, they have some of this edge because gambling for them is n normal or natural or fun. And, and they, they're pretty successful at it. And um, yeah, and he, and he's in the, in the investment finance industry. And so, yeah, it's, and I, but I hate gambling. So I can't say like every gambler's an entrepreneur. I hate it. I suck at no, it. I, you know, I don't want to even go there. No, I don't but, gamble. Uh, I don't but, gamble at all. To me, it's illogical. <laughs> right, right. So, so um, but there's, but there are these themes around risk. Going back to the point that yeah. um, entrepreneurs are comfortable with. And, you know, the idea provides more passion uh, than anything. It's like when I, when I started this business some years ago, it was like, you know, climb higher because I was doing a lot of mountain climbing and altitude and dig deeper until the thrill of discovery overcomes the fear of death.
Well, that's interesting. Say it again. Yeah, the thrill of the discovery thrill of overcomes discovery. the fear of death. So people say, well, how did you get here when the Soviet bloc, when it collapsed? Or you yeah. were over when the region in the Mideast, uh, you know, they, they were taking hostage, American hostages and Tehran, and then and you went to this and that. And you were in Africa when they started burning this and that. And I'm thinking, and they're like, what? You know, you're crazy. I'm like, no, I'm learning a lot in the process. And um, but most people wouldn't be like, I'd be stupid and probably is stupid. <laughs> but for me, it was the discovery um, was more exciting than than the fear of what could happen. Well, Don, let's go back to that. It takes us back to the beginning again. All right. So I, re- <laughs> I mean, you can you can opt out on this if you want, but. I just, I just want to know, like, what makes you tick? I like to find this out about a lot of our guests, and some of them are much easier to figure out than you are. So, um, have do you know? Like, have you have you done have you done that work and figured that out? Like, why why are you like this? There's it, it's a nature or nurture or co- it's usually a combination, right? Because we're talking about if you don't have that entrepreneurial thing, well, you've got the curiosity, but. But but it it provides something for you. Does it go back to something in your childhood, or I mean, was, no, was my, there an uh, aha moment, or no, no? My mother never. She says, "I don't know where you came from, but you're doing this." <laughs> no one. So it wasn't nurture. I mean, the more that I I look, I'm thinking, you know, it's all about nature. I think, I think it's all about. I, I think, I think nurture only exists because nature gave us the capacity to nurture. <laughs> nature only exists. No, nurture only exists because nature gave us the capacity to nurture. Right. Interesting. If we didn't have the capacity to nurture, there wouldn't be any nurture. So I think a lot of it is in 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 nature. And um, okay. and I've gotten into arguments with people. Like I was, uh, yeah, I was with a um, retired um, guy. I used to run one of the uh, the war colleges and very successful. When I won't mention the name, but. You know, it's like, oh, no, we can train leaders. And I, I finally said, look, how many leaders do you actually train every year? How many graduate? And it's like, well, you know, so many hundreds. I said, great. So out of all those leaders, they went through the same training, the same experience. They have, you know, superior grade levels because they wouldn't be in this institution if they didn't. How many of those actually emerged as terrific leaders in their career? And he stopped and he just, it just hit him like, oh, my God, like maybe three. I said, yeah, that's the point. And so... I think there's a lot to nature that we don't give credit to. Hmm. How would you define nature? Are you a evolutionist or a creationist? What is your idea of like, where does all this come from? Oh, and now we're getting into the deep work. That's a whole nother podcast on uh, what is reality, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, well, listen, Don, I, I can delete the previous 30 minutes and we could go, <laughs> we could do another hour on this. It doesn't matter. You know, there's, a, there's an interesting um, Eastern saying about the Tao is like, if one person asks another, what uh-huh. is the Tao? Yeah. And the other answers them, neither of them know. Interesting. <laughs> so you're, you're asking a question that lies beyond the con- constructs of time and space. And our language only exists with concepts of time and space. And so it's a difficult thing to look for or even talk about because you, it's almost like you get into this area where there is now you're into religion you know it's mm-hmm. like okay what do you believe and my job is to get you to believe what i believe or mm-hmm. i have to kill you <laughs> oh, well <laughs> and that's where all the wars start right and i mean look at the wars that, in the world and, today. and that's it's why like, oh, God. and that's why i'm a recovering catholic 
<laughs> yeah, 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 I'm recovering Catholic myself. But there's a lot of neat stuff coming out, especially with the new Webb telescope that's now in orbit. Um, and you know, we're going to see back to areas because we already know in quantum physics that time goes forward and backwards. And we now know that time is not something that's finite. We also know that space dilates and contracts. We know that's fine, fine. So we're going to peel back like what could be beyond time and space? So to ask a question about what's beyond time and space and have an answer, I'm not sure if anyone knows, right? I mean, it's it's almost like an experience that has to happen through epiphany uh, or through some sort of a, uh, insight that's hard to put into languages. When I started looking at some of these ancient mystics over a course of thousands of years, they had a hard time articulating what they saw. Yeah. And I thought, wow, that is really, really interesting. And, and so... Is it possible to, you know, override matter at some level? And um, oh, it was John Kabat-Zinn that did some great research in the University of Massachusetts Medical School, where he took like people who had anxiety uh, uh, and on medication, and then did brain scans, and then also took Buddhist monks and did brain scans, and they literally couldn't tell the difference mm -hmm. between who was medicated and who was meditated. <laughs> And he started this whole thing. That's where the whole mindfulness movement came from. So we're starting to, through quantum physics and looking at the mind, um, discovering more and more things. You know, I, I think that the uh, accidental evolutionary argument is being somewhat constrained where a lot of people are saying, well, we, it must have, there wasn't enough time here. It must have come from somewhere else like another alien species. So that's one argument. There's another argument. Well, no, maybe it's something beyond time and space, whatever we want to call that, that is a pattern. Like maybe we emerged here as part of that reflection. And Carl Jung did some really fascinating stuff. And I know he pissed off Freud a lot. It's interesting looking at their arguments with each other, where he got into this area of super consciousness and like our consciousness is a projection of something that he called super consciousness. So this is a question that people far smarter than I have uh, explored. So I think there's something there. I think we just have to keep looking. <laughs> so you haven't established any solid opinions. You're, you're still looking. Yeah. I mean, any, yeah. any opinions I'm open for change. Mm -hmm. um, but what I'm discovering is fascinating. Yeah. And I, I think everybody should take their own journey toward that. And we have a lot more information now than we've ever had before. You know, the stuff that's coming out of the labs on the quantum level is totally different. And I don't mean the fashion trend quantum stuff. I mean, the real stuff yeah. that's coming out of the laboratories and uh, getting back to entrepreneurs. If we want to put a twist on that, sure. it is about creation, isn't it? And entrepreneurs are there to create. And so in a sense, whatever drives that creation, uh, do it because that's how we created countries. That's how we created companies, right? Yeah. <laughs> Product yeah. innovations. Well, everything, every advancement in humanity. Yep. What are entrepreneurs getting wrong? Can we point our finger to one thing? Is is it people thinking they're entrepreneurs when nature has not created them to be so? What we've talked about, or is there something else? I mean, that's that's probably one one angle. To I mean, it's hard to find like the one silver bullet because we have yeah. millions of us, and we're, we're all complex tapestries of well, patterns of things. But one of the common exactly. things is that uh, people think, well, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. It's one of the things I wrote in this book. If I, I should get it published now that I'm talking to you, I should just release it. Um, <laughs> yeah, <would you? laughs> because, because I had, I had a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, oh, I know what it was. And I, I ran this by a bunch by a bunch of CEOs who are entrepreneurs. And uh, one of them kind of summed it up. He says, you know what? 
as soon as this is released, I want to buy a dozen copies. I'm sending on my shelf because the next time an employee comes in and says, I want to be an entrepreneur, I'll say, great, read this because what is in the book, pain, suffering, risk. And all of these CEOs who are successful now, when they read the book, they were like, oh my God, I went through that. And that their spouses looked at it and said, yeah, yeah, you went, you went through that. And so that's what we don't talk about. We don't talk about this stuff. We think, oh, it's sexy. You can be your own boss. You can, uh, you know, you have control of your own life. And that's all bullshit. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think one of the things is that a lot of people, when they realize the pain and suffering it's going to take, would prefer not to be an entrepreneur. And they shouldn't. You know, I mean, it's really only, I think, a small group of people that are ridiculous around wanting to take risk and, um, and, and, uh, and can think through solving the numerous failures they're going to have. Yeah. Well, I tell people I'm too stupid to quit. I, I I've just kind of summed it up. <laughs> I just tell them, I just say I'm too stupid to quit and kind of leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. <laughs> All right, Don, are you open to being contacted by people? Maybe, maybe there's a new publisher for your book or something or. Oh yeah. Yeah. We, I, when COVID hit, I ended up in the, taking my cigar room, remember in a studio that you saw earlier. Um, and I started filming and I ended up um, putting a lot of what I was doing with executive teams and entrepreneurs online. And that's where the Becoming Samurai course came out of. And uh, if people want to go to my website, it's, it's uh, Saga Leadership, S-A-G-A. I stole that from the Vikings. Like SagaLeadership.com, who were actual entrepreneurs in their own right because they, they yeah. migrated you know, rapidly throughout certain parts of the world. And, um, and so from that, I, I, I did this course and all of a sudden, uh, we're getting, you know, responses from clients saying, oh my God, it's changed my life. And I wake up every day thinking about bravery and honor. And so there's, I took the Oxford university work that they gave me permission with, and I put it, um, online as a course. Then I started working with, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Simon Sinek and the start with why thing. Of course. I'm not sure. Of course. Well, the, basically my why is to learn and teach. His coach is my coach, Mark oh, Levy. And nice. uh, Mark's been working with me for a few months now, looking at how to shrink wrap a brand around this because he did such a great job with a lot of people. I mean, he's been hired by Harvard and, of course, uh, Simon Sinek. As we look at this, he ended up with this other course that is now beta test, should be coming out shortly, called How to Slay Dragons. because. <laughs> That's how I was coming through it. He was like, Don, you know, people have dragon problems in life. These are not like small problems that can be normally solved. These are like epic, lingering, mm. fire breathing, destroy your life problems. It could be like a dead end marriage or a yeah. dead end job or something like that. So there's another course coming out, How to Slay Dragons. So, so stay tuned, right? I mean, we'll see how it all evolves next time. <laughs> oh, I need to do a breakaway just real quick and give a shout out to Will, Tom, and Nate. They're three young guys who own ParlorCityFurniture.com. Um, they're just killing it over there. And they're now a sponsor of the podcast, which is awesome. They're helping me outfit a new video studio. And I have a, a cool standing desk. It's motorized. goes from seated to standing. There's pre-recorded or pre-programmed positions also. Um, and we're going to be doing some upgrades in the podcast studio too. So they're super motivated, super cool. Uh, they want to help you. They're very excited about their business. They ship globally. You can find out more at parlorcityfurniture.com. Back to the show. All right. That sounds great. Well, listen, we're not done. It's time for the questions. I don't know if you knew about that. We 
sort of been questioning you along the way, but we do have this segment. <laughs> it's time to answer the questions. I double dare you. All right, it is time for the questions, Don. It's the questions. Uh, you're a good guy, I can tell, and uh, I think that you'll be willing to answer these honestly and tra- and transparently. Uh, if not, we'll edit. We'll edit. <laughs> Are you ready for the question? Big assumption. Yeah. <laughs> you ready to go? Sure. Go ahead. All right. Just a few. Question number one: Who do people tell you that you look like? Oh God, it's funny. I uh, I've been stopped in Hollywood several times. People thought I was somebody. Um, uh-huh. I think uh, what keeps coming up? Oh, who was the Saturday Night Live guy? Um, back in the old days with John Belushi, uh, Dan Aykroyd. Oh, no, it was the um, not Dan Aykroyd. Who was the other guy? I one of the original I, cast, like Bill Murray. Yeah, one of the original cast. So I could stop. Chevy uh, Chase, Bill still, Murray. Bill Murray, that was it. So Bill, people think I'm oh, Bill Murray. Um, although I did okay. get pulled over by some police, and they thought I. Uh, uh, who was the? I'm so really bad with actor names because I don't watch uh, uh, TV or movies that much. But yeah. um, uh, they thought I was this guy, and they didn't believe my driver's license. Oh, really. <laughs> And the reason they pulled me over was because it was a bad sign that was off of uh, oh my gosh. Uh, the, the exit for the airport. And I and so I, I actually fought and won. Uh, they changed the sign. Um, it was a ride on red thing. So, yeah, yeah. I, I get mistaken to look <laughs> okay. like that. <laughs> have you ever signed? Uh, this is like this, the companion question to this one is, do you, have you ever signed autographs as the person who they thought you were? Oh, no. Okay. No, that would be fun. But no, I've. I've never done that. <laughs> I should think about doing that. Maybe I'll do that next time. <laughs> we talked about uh, traits of entrepreneurs, and you definitely had those. Uh, turning lemons into lemonade is, you know, the big one. What was your biggest benefit as a result of the pandemic? I learned how to do filming uh, because, like, I, 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 you know, that's how the Becoming Samurai and the How to Slay Dragons course came in. Is that I have these short five to ten minute videos in each module. And um, people look at it, it's like, wow, what, what studio did you use? I'm like, my cigar, my cigar room. I mean, I had to figure out how to do lighting, how to do green screaming, it's green screaming, green screening yeah. and, uh, chromat- you know, do chromatography, how to do video editing, how to learn how to use, like I use Final Cut Pro. I tried Adobe Premiere, but I ended up yeah. with Final Cut. So I'm using like Hollywood level editing, and, but all of that because I was quarantined, I couldn't leave my house. So, you know, you're ADHD and you have to, you're yeah. stuck in a room. Yeah. You're going to create something. And that's what I did. I really love it. It's another form of teaching for me. And so I, I love filming and editing. And um, yeah, that came out of COVID. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And you do a nice job with them, by the way. Your presence, oh, your presence in them is very, very good. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, Appreciate definitely. It. Yeah. Uh, question number four and the final one. Can I ask you a, a coaching question? Sure. All right. What's holding you back? What's preventing you from publishing that darn book? Because you've mentioned it several times throughout the interview. Time. You know, I've, uh, because of uh, my ADHD, I am, I get into, you know, I sit down with my secretary and who's, uh, who's now my executive assistant. She's been with me for like seven years and, and juggling these things. It's like, where, you know, what do I focus on now? Because it's so easy for me to go to one, one of the other dozen uh, projects. And so I, yeah, I just never got to doing the publishing thing on this one because publishing is a problem. I mean, you got, it takes a lot of time, takes a lot of focus. And um, I, I got, 
other things came up that were much more fascinating to me. So I started focusing on them I see. and that's why. So basically it's time. And I think having enough, um, I need more people around me to execute these ideas. We talked about that earlier. Well, I feel so that's that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel that. Yeah. yeah. Well, you brought it up several times and that's all, that's why I decided to ask you about it because obviously it's on your mind. I thought I'd ask you about it. Is there, is there something you could do this week that would, uh, that would be easy that would get it to the next step? <laughs> Well, no, I, I, after I leave you, I have a cohort class of CEOs, which is part of that new program I'm doing. I'm coaching CEOs on Zoom in mass with yeah. a cohort program where I'm teaching and then engaging them. It's a lot of fun because I love teaching. And then i uh, going to be getting ready, running to the airport. I'll be in Orlando for three days with my advisory uh, group. And then I'm going to be rushing back here. And uh, then we're going to rinse and repeat uh, the following week. So oh my God. there's nothing I can actually do right now. <laughs> I'm booked up. Oh my gosh. So well, we, I'm going to have to let you go because I think we've we've eaten up about two hours of your time here. That went fast. Listen, Don, I really appreciate it. I know you do a lot of these. You do you know, you're in front of people all the time, but I really appreciate you, you know, spending your time with us. You're a busy guy, but you're very relaxed. You were present with us the whole time. And, and I appreciate that. You, you weren't trying to rush off to do the next thing. And it means a lot to uh, me and oh, uh, yeah. And to the listeners, you know, that's, uh, yeah. I mean, they're, they're looking, they're looking for, for stuff to help. Right. Yeah, and you absolutely. may have, you may have crushed a few dreams <laughs> of some, or freed some people up to accept who they are and keep going. Right. That's right. That's right. I mean, if you can, uh, I think a Clint Eastwood said, uh, one of his characters, a man's got to know his limitations. So <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> that concludes another episode of going boldly. I hope you were entertained and you discovered at least one nugget of wisdom or advice that you can put into action immediately. Or maybe you received some inspiration from today's episode. And I'm certain you know at least one person who needs this podcast. Please share it with them. You might be the important link that will change their life for the better. Subscribing means you will not miss an episode. And it will make it easier for me to schedule guests because I can show them that the audience is growing. So please subscribe. It will benefit us all. Let me know how I can make this show even better. Leave a comment and send me a DM. I read everyone personally, and I do my best to respond to each and every one. As a thank you, I'll be awarding prizes. And to keep you on your toes, the winners will be randomly selected from names I find in the comments, shares, DMs, and from the list of subscribers. Prizes might be Going Boldly merch or products supplied by my guests or just something random and fun. But you have to comment, share, DM, or subscribe to be eligible to win. A special thanks to Brenna Swanger at Waverly Manor Studios for our great theme music. And finally, thanks for listening. Go boldly, keep at it, and wash your hands.